Meine Damen und Herren, Ladies and Gentlemen and all other folks of any other gender, welcome, willkommen. I don't know why I'm giving you a little cabaret intro, but I guess that's just what I felt moved to do. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot, a little podcast for a handful of folks who like to go on some nature walks and pull some tarot cards and talk about, you know, stuff and things and whatnots. And today, maybe you can hear it in the background, we are by the Runoff Creek. Take a nice deep breath and picture a beautiful stream. This is fresh snow melt off of the nearby mountains here in Central Oregon. Probably Trout Butte, maybe Black Crater, North Sister. And it's just rolling along over these rocks. Listen again and breathe. Now, when I'm enjoying a natural phenomenon such as, oh, beautiful dog. Giant, beautiful white dogs on the stream. Okay, this is unexpected. Very large dogs. Don't be scared. I'm not going to bite you. Unless you bite me first. (laughs) Hi, puppies. What's up? I'm trying to give a tarot reading here. Is that all right? All right, back to the tarot. So when I'm out here, wandering, enjoying the stream, curious about these dogs. Um, I sometimes maybe wonder about about how I spend my time. The card that we have pulled today, I had a bit of trouble with. It's the Seven of Swords. And if you're familiar with the tarot, or tarot if you prefer, you know it's a difficult card. There's a lot of different interpretations around it, but most of them are not particularly happy. Um, They involve words like futility and deception and all sorts of stuff. We're using the Morgan Greer Tarot today. And in the Morgan Greer, which is um, mostly based on the RWS or Smith Rider Waite tradition, we see... Oh, you're coming right on up, huh? You guys are huge. Are you gonna bite me? Are you gonna bite me? You're you're on camera right now, you guys. Oh, don't eat the card, honey. Well, maybe I should let you. Then I wouldn't have to worry about the Seven of Swords anymore. <laughs> no, dude, that's my coffee. Oh boy, it's pretty crazy out here in the woods today. Oh, if I want more of that coffee, I'm gonna have to suck on some dog drool. Wow. Anyway, Seven of Swords, we have a guy um, facing, you know, like to our left, stage right, headed off in that direction, as in the Smith Rider Waite deck. Um, This guy is wearing a green hat with a furry thing on it that kind of covers part of his face, his eyes, so it gives him a shifty look. He's a yellowish-skinned white dude from the looks of him. Um, with red mustache and beard and hair. 
He is wearing a blue tunic tied with a green sash similar to his hat. And um, there's kind of desert rolling hills behind him. And he is dashing off in his um, stage right direction with five swords kind of hucked over his arm, over his shoulder. And these appear in silhouette. And he's, you know, he's running. He's holding these things and he's getting out of the picture. Right behind him are two more swords. And these swords are visible. We see their silver blades. We see their golden hilts. They're not in silhouette. So this guy is basically stealing some swords. What are swords? Well, sometimes they simply represent difficulty. Sometimes conflict. Sometimes mind. Matters of intellect. These days, uh, the internet is associated with the swords that we draw and with the element of air. So we have mind, we have air, words. All these things are airy, swordy types of stuff. Things that can be abstract. Things that can be intellectual, that can be verbalized. Our thoughts. Sometimes our thoughts are swords. Particularly when we disconnect our thoughts from our bodies, our sensations, our senses that connect us to the earth and to other people, when everything gets kind of abstracted from that and instead is just a little jumble of images and ideas and words in our brains, or maybe coming out through our pens, our keyboards, our phones, this is the realm of swords. So of course it's tricky. That's tricky stuff. The symbol of a sword is itself tricky. You can defend yourself with a sword. You can hold it aloft to indicate that you have power and really not have to use the damn thing at all. Someone can, up, can come up and stab you with a sword. Swords are tricky. So there you go. With the seven of swords in particular, we're looking at a moment of impulse, an impulse to run away with our sword nature, or maybe to let our sword nature run away with us. We haven't stopped and thought it through. We have seen the shiny swords and we have wanted to make a way, make off with them. We want them to be ours. Maybe we just want to cause a little chaos. Maybe we have no idea why we're doing this. Sometimes this card might mean somebody else is coming along. They're thieving your ideas, right? They're getting in on your territory. They're hanging onto your sword. They're like these giant white dogs that just came up and were slurping all over my coffee mug thing. My hydro flask from Sister's Coffee. You know, and you're like, hey, that's my stuff. What are you doing running off with that? And, you know, stuff isn't always very well thought out, is it? We just run with things. We say stuff. We go places. And it's not always <laughs> the most terribly fantabulous idea. So when we draw this card, I was thinking about this card. I wasn't happy to see it. I can't say that I'm ever terribly happy to see this card. 
Um, but I have tried to learn from it over the years. Oh, hey, raindrops. So now it's going to be a rainy card, too. Um, in this version, I think the man running off with the swords, it looks like it takes work to do this action of theft and to try to run without being caught and have nobody see your face while you're carrying five swords over your shoulder. Does he know why he's taking them? Does he think he knows? Like, well, two wrongs don't make a right, but if I steal these swords, I can go stab them into the bad guys, and that'll be good. He might be thinking something along those lines. And a lot of us, uh, when we're feeling very self-righteous, when we're working towards something that matters to us, uh, we, get, we can kind of do that. We're like, well, I wouldn't advocate for using these particular oh, rhetorical tools, let's say. A rhetorical tool would be a great example of a sword thing. So that would be like a style of writing or posting or talking that would convince people of stuff, right? That might be a rhetorical tool. And we might say, well, I'm going to use the rhetorical tools and the strategies behind them that the, uh, that the Tea Party people used and then the Trumpers because those were really effective. They work. They get people to believe all sorts of ridiculous shit and you can win elections with them. Let's use those tools today. That might be an extreme example. Like let's say it's, um, you know, deep fakes or, you know, starting YouTube channels about like total ridiculous, insane conspiracy stuff, right? So if we decide to use those tools, that's kind of what this guy in the card is doing. He's saying, well, these are dangerous tools. They don't belong to me, but they seem effective. They seem like maybe they would do me some good. I'm just going to grab them. So I would say coming up with this card is warning us, saying like, okay, when you find yourself wanting to make the kind of argument that you know will convince people or will make somebody look really stupid and isn't that fun, pause. This is your seven of swords nature speaking, and it is not the best part of your nature. If you find yourself wanting to go further, particularly with something, you know, intellectual, thinky thoughts, big verbs, <laughs> big words, internet, and it's not really coming from a good part in your, good place in your heart. Seven of swords suggests, whoa, just step the fuck back. You don't need to steal these swords. Go back to center. Find you. Find where you're connected to your heart. Where you are connected to your earth, your senses, and your body. Find where you're connected to other people. Not just in uh, collectively tip-tapping away on your phone, but hearing each other's voices. Touching each other's skin, if that's possible in your life. It isn't for many people. But at least hearing a voice through a phone call, if nothing else. These are ways that we can kind of recenter ourselves in 
real reality. If we decide that we want to do some shenanigans later and go steal those five swords and whatever, well, you can execute that maneuver later, but maybe at least give it some time. There is impulsivity associated with the seven of swords and it's not a fun kind of impulsivity where you're like, hey, let's just do this thing and that was fun and it led to this great synchronicity. Seven of Swords is usually like, mm. and then I tried that random thing and something bad happened. Or maybe I was just mean. Or maybe I just got embarrassed. You know, it doesn't have to be like earth shatteringly bad, but there is a feeling of struggle, which, you know, often accompanies any sword that you pull. Sword cards are very often struggle cards. Now, it may be that your moment of running off with five swords, your moment of impulsivity of saying or doing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons, or maybe having someone do that on you, that may not, they may not have happened yet. This might be something that you can avoid this week since you have the magic of burning tarot to accompany you through the week. And you'll be keeping an eye on yourself and going, mm, don't think I should do that. I'm going to stop and think. On the other hand, you may have already done this a few days ago, a week ago. You may have a feeling of needing to defend yourself, or you may have a feeling of embarrassment, wishing you could wipe out that moment. Um, sometimes we do these Seven of Swords moments uh, when we're under the influence of stress, under the influence of alcohol, things like that. So you might even have sort of a hazy feeling of, did I do a seven of swords, but I'm not even really sure. So yeah, we all do these things. We do, we do. And I think the key is to be willing to admit it to ourselves. To sit with the emotions that might have brought us to that moment sit there and feel them. That's what this that's what this stream is telling us. Hear that? That is the sound of water. Water is the element of emotion and it's flowing. And when we allow ourselves to actually go in there with our emotions and sit with them, be them, experience them, feel them in all their glorious discomfort. That can really help with the sword struggle, the struggle, the endless struggle with the thoughts, the thinky thoughts in our heads, the story that we're telling ourselves about our lives and our moment, the endless narrative and the endless stream of words. <laughs> And of course, um, that's my day job, being a writer, spewing words. I know a little something about overspewing words. You can hear it right here on the Burning Tarot podcast, can't you? Um, and, you know, some of you are tarot clients. Some of you are writing clients and coaching clients and friends who have seen and heard me saying all sorts of things over the years in many different contexts. 
I, of all people, could never get in front of everyone and say, oh, we must all think through everything perfectly before we open our mouths. I'm rather proud of, you know, I used to do um, improvised music making and, and live poetry and things like that, where you literally just open your mouth and, and let the gods speak through you, say what they may. So there is something beautiful to that, definitely. But this particular week, we have this particular card telling us, whoa, really look at your motivations, look at your heart. Look at your words. Flow with your creek. Feel the emotions. If yours turns out to be a particular moment or a particular kind of culmination of a conflict, it might do you well to sit down and journal about it, which is a way of talking about it with yourself, where you can't go stealing anybody's swords privately. And you could see if there are maybe some indications of what led you to that moment. What led you to the moment of impulse or chaos or even meanness? Were you feeling self-righteous? Were you feeling overwhelmed? Tired? Angry? Why angry? Why angry? Usually when we're angry, it's because we're we feel hemmed in. We feel like we have to defend ourselves or defend someone else or something we love. Often under the anger, there's sorrow, depression, or fear. So maybe kind of let yourself untangle that moment. And if you already did, there's something not very nice as a result probably still have feelings around there so maybe we can feel those feelings maybe we can write about them privately and then maybe there's a moment of forgiveness self-forgiveness maybe we need to ask someone else for forgiveness and say i'm sorry i ran off with the swords in a huff and a puff of not very well thought out impulsivity and i'm sorry And there's always the chance that whoever we're saying that to will not be in the mood for our apology. Or they'll be like, dude, you're a jerk. You stole my swords. Fair enough. But we can at least try and we can bring back the swords that we stole if we've still got them and say, here you go. I'm going to leave these at your feet. You can still hate me or think I'm a big fat jerk. At least I tried. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. That's a little favor we can do ourselves if we've already, if we've already done the deed. <laughs> if we've already slipped into our sword mode and been slashing about and slinking and stealing and, and all those dreadful things one does. So this wasn't quite the super cheery card I had hoped to pull today. I've just had a really, really remarkable week um, seeing a beloved band from many, many years ago who did a reunion tour. One of my dear friends opened for them, and I got to work at the show and dance all night and, you know, like fun stuff. And now I'm back in the forest where I feel a little more at home. And I guess I should really watch what I'm saying 
to whom I'm saying it. I should be careful of my actions and recognize that I'm not always on top of it with my motivations. My ability to recognize what's a poor impulse versus what is a stroke of brilliant insight. So it's not a super fun thing, but I'm really going to do my best to pay attention to that for the next week. And um, approximately one week from today, I'm going to pull a new card. And I'm going to see what that has to tell me. And I'll talk about it here on the Burning Tarot Podcast, and you can all join me. And I think I'm going to just sit here by the creek, enjoying the water. I'll let you listen to the sound for a little bit if you'd like to meditate on it. Much love from me to all of you. If this little podcast intersects with, disagrees with, agrees with, hugs or kicks your life, your thoughts, I want to hear about it. And I like to do that by email, burningtarot at gmail.com. Keep it short, maybe a few sentences. I would love to hear from you. Much love. Ciao.